0: tracks around Australia.
1: Here's Inside Mosul. Ben Beasley joins us to talk about the API Rally Australia. What a fantastic event it is. And it still hasn't closed the books on this year's World Rally Championship, has it been?
2: Not at all. I mean, if it showed anything, it shows that uh, I reckon if they had 20 races and not 13 rallies, <laughs> <laughs> it would be just as close. The way these these guys uh, swapped the lead. I mean, the only thing that was decided at API Rally Australia was that Colin McRae could not win the World Rally Championship now, so we're now down to just Carlos Sainz and uh, Tommy Mackinnon.
1: That final stage and a world first, in the grid to uh, bring them home.
2: Yeah, and, and live across the country, it worked really well. It's um, uh, Up until the, the stage before that, they, they um, had five runs around different stages through the Bunnings Complex, and the stage before, up until the stage before the, the TV stage, there was 13 seconds covering <laughs> the top four cars. And Richard Burns was right up there, and he um he went off the road in in, in that stage, and, and McCray blue blew a turbo, which sort of put him a, a fair way behind, and uh and Tommy just overtook a lot of them and came straight through. Most amazing drive, you know the guy in the last, the previous two rallies he won in Finland for the uh the fourth fifth straight year, and uh, then he won in San Remo on um, on tarmac, and they said, you know the guy. Was okay on tarmac, but he blitzed on on tarmac where rallies are decided by you know maybe ten seconds. He won by you know over a minute on a guy who's not a tarmac specialist. So Mitsubishi obviously had done done the work, and they come to Rally Australia, and Richard Richard Burns on the first couple of days just awesome. You know he stretched out to about a ninety second lead. Tommy would have been there except he he hit a rock and uh, damaged the right rear suspension, so he lost a bit of time in the stage. Plus, when they went to service, he, um, the major repairs meant he got a minute 20 pe- minute twenty in penalties for late time. So <laughs> the guy had a minute 20 in penalties and still won the rally by around 16 seconds at the end of it. And although there was the big talk about him jumping the start, I mean, at the end of the day, if the guy jumped the start by half a second, he still had everything against him and he still came through and and won the rally, and he deserved to win. I mean, you know, sure, you shouldn't jump the start if he did, but I mean, for the sake of half a second for him to blitz like that it's just unbelievable.
1: With the global tracking system, I would imagine that uh, any sort of movement from the car though, could be detected, and since they're all working off a uh, a standard Greenwich time clock, that would surely show up. And that's why the uh, protest was overturned.
2: Yeah, but the other the other the, the strange thing is is how they time it now. The clock which is there, it tells the driver when to go, of course. Now, the actual timing on the stages is done by timing, like a, a timing beam. So it's when you there's a timing beam which is in front of the car, just in front of the car, like when you cross the start-finish line in a normal racetrack. So the, the, the time clock for the stage at Rally Australia and, I guess, most World Championship events, the clock actually starts when you cross that timing line. And then when you cross the timing line at the end of the stage is when it stops the clock because, you know, it, they're so close now, the, the timing has to be that accurate. It doesn't actually start the time on the zero anymore. And um, so their argument was when the time came through, well, the time was actually correct because even if Tommy if Tommy jumped the start, it didn't matter because his time was still recorded correct And at Langley Park you have the the luxury of a lot of cameras around to record this, which on a lot of the other stages they don't. And
1: Alistair McRae in the Volkswagen had more pleasure of driving.
2: Yeah, he did and he had a and it wasn't easy because um uh, there was also Chris Rosenberger who's done a lot of uh, World Rally Championship events this year also in a Volkswagen but there was three Sayettes and the Sayettes are the Formula Two world champions. Um, they didn't have Harry Rovenperer in the, say, Say Formula 2 car. He was in the World Rally car, and he's the guy who's done the bulk of the scoring for, say, this year, but they had Tony Gardemeister and guys like uh, Gwyneth Evans who were very quick. And, you know, for um, Alistair to to beat those guys, it's a a super performance, and considering he's actually going to drive with Subaru at the RAC rally along with um, his brother Colin and um, Ari Bartman, um, it, it all goes well, of course, it doesn't seem to mean much anymore because Colin can't win the world championship. But, um, you know, the the Baroo to go out there and, and, you know, the Mac, the McRae brothers do, um, to still cause um havoc for Saints and McRae, I think it'll be a great event over there.
1: It will be indeed. Let's have a look at Group N because it's the start of our Australian success stories. Michael Guest, in his second WRC event, has taken out first place again in Group Yeah,
2: fantastic result. Like, um... Uh, he did it in, in New Zealand. He beat um, this year's and last year's World uh, Group N champion, Gustavo Treas. In New Zealand, Treas had a bit of a brake problem, which closed Michael up. But um, here, Michael just beat him outright speed um, on the long stages. He was he was um, fantastic. Uh, Les, the Les Walken team built a new car for this event. Um, I was lucky enough to go to a test session with them on the Wednesday before the rally, and um, I've never seen so many Japanese technicians crawling under a bonnet of a car. I to, and, I, and I said to Les Walton, and I said, who are these hangers on? He goes, that guy is Mr. SDI just there. <laughs> you know, SDI being Subaru Technica International, which builds all those great cars. You know, the equivalent of HSV here, um, you know, is SDI. Is and um, they came out here with a fleet of mechanics, engineers, designers, and they uh, they they did uh, they put most of their effort into that car as well as uh, the Cody Crocker car um, because they're now starting to feel like, you know, these guys can, you know, come out and, and beat Treyers, who's getting a lot of support from Mitsubishi in the Group N class.
1: Mm, all right. You mentioned Cody Crocker there. Of course, another of the Subaru runners, but this time in the Possum Born Group N Suby.
2: Yeah, Um he had a few problems, which lost him a little bit of time. But when his car was running well, he was like three, four seconds behind Michael. So uh, it it says a lot about the uh, the Group and talent in the, in this country. And and obviously Subaru were doing a good job with their cars. And uh, um, he was quite spe- he was very spectacular, in fact, in the Bunnings jump. I and mean, then everyone was raving about McRae. But I reckon the second most spectacular guy down the hill was um, was Cody Crocker. So um, it goes well for a guy who's learned so much this year by becoming an Australian group and champion, being given the opportunity by Subaru Australia, and now at an event like this, uh, having the FDI, um help out there as well. It was uh, quite amazing. Another person I, I met uh, was James Drummond, who does uh, Drummond Motorsports uh, Racing Suspension, based out of uh, Wodonga, and he was on 20 cars at Rally Australia. And, um, and people like Possum, uh, Cody... Uh, Guesty, uh, a fleet of other Subarus and, and some Mitsubishi Lancers who all did well and it sort of says that um, you know you've got to have the the, the package all round mm. and um, you know Possum runs some pretty trickier on his car but he uses the locally built suspension so it can't be all that bad.
1: No that's right and uh, whilst we're talking about local still in Formula 2 before we go back up to the WRC classes but uh, in F2 of course you Neil know, Bates had been so dominant Herich on his home roads was, uh, well, doing all the media right to say he was a threat.
2: Yeah, yeah, he was. Um, he did a, he did a really good job because they've been, they've been fiddling with the car quite a bit this year because Rick Bates has been so good in Formula Two. Um, but uh, he proved that um, that Hyundai is strong, and 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 did the job. I mean, uh, he beat uh, Ross McKenzie by over a minute. Rick didn't finish the rally. Um, an interesting. Um, of events, he was coming up the road and a car was parked on the side of the road um, it had, um, something mechanically was wrong and it was just before, <laughs> just up the road, some of his um, the team personnel from Dry Hatsby were there spectating and they knew Rick was the next guy on the road but they've run down the road to warning that this car was parked on the side. Rick seen them and had a bit of a, he's gone a little bit wide to avoid this car, hit a stone um, put it into the side of a, um and then sort of cut this banker and broke uh, the steering in the car.
1: <laughs> You're laughing, but it's hardly funny.
2: No, and you um, uh, kick the guy, but it's the guy who pays the, your pays the bills. You know? <laughs> it's the manufacturer who sort of did it, but, I mean, Rick said he's had a good year, so he can't complain, but, um, uh, you know, to, to do to finish Rally Australia is tough enough, but to, to win, you know, Formula 2 in the Australian class is, is a great result, so especially after I had this big year, so Dean was extremely happy and obviously wants to go and do some more things next year.
1: Joining us online from Motorsport News is, of course, Chris Lambden and Chris, uh, another action-packed edition of Motorsport News on sale now.
0: Well, yeah, obviously, it's uh, in terms of Australian motorsport, we're looming in on on the V8 Bathurst race, only um, literally about four or five days away before the uh, start of practice. So, uh, naturally, um, uh, a lot of space devoted to a special preview of that, actually personally written for us by uh, Peter Brock.
1: Well, you couldn't get a better judge of form, considering uh, he's raced about just about everyone in the field.
0: Well, indeed, and uh, of course, it's now a year ago since his last race, which was there, which... uh, he started from pole and lead until the car packed up. So, yes, um, really, there, there's, there's probably no one better to uh, to assess it. And you know, Peter assessed the assessed the uh, uh, the likely contenders in his own fairly interesting fashion. Um, he tends to put a fair bit of uh, uh, worth on 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 the personal aspect of, of driving and drivers. And so, uh, yep, very interesting reading, I must say.
1: All right, now. Uh... Another interesting story about Australians going overseas, and it looks like Murph is the uh, is the first of those.
0: Well, yes, yeah, very a very, um, a very uh, interesting late story. I mean, poor Greg Murphy, just probably, you know, uh, the best driver that's sitting around without a permanent drive these days. I mean, odd drives here and there, and co-driving at Bathurst for HRT, um, but there is a rumour that there's a possible vacancy in the Renault team in, in England in the British Touring Car Championship, and... Uh, He's one of four names that have been uh, mentioned in in connection with that drive. So, I mean, it, uh, it's a pretty slim uh, uh, you know, option, I suppose. But nevertheless, you know, these the teams are seriously considering Murph um, because he, he impressed everybody so much at the back this month Yeah,
1: he did a, a very solid job. And along with Russell Ingall, they would both probably be happy that they'd, perhaps their bad run at the mountain for this year is out the way.
0: Well, yes, we were just unlucky uh, uh, to, to crash out the way they did. Um, the Bathurst 1000 was just oil on the track, and as, as you recall, three cars went out. Um, certainly, Murph has every uh, every chance to to, uh, to get there at, uh, at the race next weekend. He's got a solid co-driver with Mark Knosky, and um, you know he's one of probably four or five or six cars that you would say has, has a real chance of winning.
1: We also uh, have another report on the junior tourists, and that story has uh, built up momentum from the uh, two years ago when you first broached the subject.
0: Well, yes, it has. I mean, uh, at that stage, um, its Oscar driver Bruce Williams was was working on a, a category that would, uh, a circuit racing category for V8, a bit like V8 supercars, but very, very much cost contained and really a little bit like an Oscar. So, um, so the, as a feeder category for the main uh, main V8 category, well, it's been a bit dormant, but the last two or three months it's burst back on the scene, and in fact there are two separate groups of people now trying to, um, to build a car to, to get a category like that going. Uh, one is in, including Bruce, who uh, this week uh, announced that Peter Brock, um, his he, name's you know, coming up a lot this week, um, he, he would endorse the category and be a strong supporter of it, so um you know it's still it's still progressing along I think um it'll be interesting to see whether uh, either of the group can get something absolutely concrete happening for uh, for next year.
1: All right, would you like to put your neck on the line for a supercar tip
0: That's it. yep oh that is that is genuinely the hardest um, the hardest thing to do these days but um look I think i'll um in in doing this i'll I'll let you into a secret and uh, I'll I'll, I'll sort of concur with uh, Mr. Brock in that uh, if HRT's lead car of, of Craig Lowndes and Mark Scaife has a trouble-free day um, I think it'll be fast enough to win, but uh, you know, we've said that before and uh, You know every second year Larry Perkins is one up there. Really those are the two cars that you would have to Have to consider as being the uh, the major front-run.
1: Yeah, that's right. And uh, of course, the story in the in the paper before was quite interesting with Alan Jones going over to Holden.
0: Well, yes, but um, he, he's still working on putting his uh, his text together for that. But actually, there's a little story in in this week's show as a follow up to that, and that is that um, Alan's done a sponsorship deal with Channel Nine. Um, I don't think it's as big a deal as, uh, as perhaps a you know a major uh, prime sponsor deal, but. Um, you know, for the first time since the famous Kevin Bartlett Camaro, I think we'll see a car with uh, number nine on it and a few dots next year.
1: Well, and it will be great because um, Big Rev Kev always managed to uh, always manage to get the uh, crowd behind, and it'll be a great one for the uh, for the fans of the uh, cartoonists because I do remember a very famous cartoon of. Um, of Kevin Bartlett speaking to a very young packer saying, that's all right, I'll take this deal, but uh, you're not borrowing the car on Monday to do donuts on Channel 7's front lawn.
0: Yeah, well, there you go. Um, it'll, it'll be interesting, it'll evoke memories of, uh, of, the, of the Channel 9 Camaro and, of course, the most famous, famous shot of it is going along on its roof up uh, up the top of Bathurst. So, um, uh, as I said, I don't think it's the, the major part of the package, but certainly AJ has uh, the support of, of the network he works for.
1: Yes, well, not a bad move at all. Chris Lamb, it's a pleasure to catch up with you once again, and Motorsport News is on sale now at all good uh, news agents right across the country, and, of course, the Checker Plague Bookshop.
0: Indeed. You might find it a little different from normal. The uh, the front cover is actually all to do with Star Wars and a very bizarre Star Wars, sort of a uh, graphic rather than our usual uh, uh, car type of stuff, so uh, something a bit different, but um, certainly well worth reading Peter
1: Brock's view. All right, then. Thanks very much. Chris Lambden from Motorsport News. Paul Ryan, it is going to be a very exciting three hours on the mountain as the production cars take to it. The GTP event, the OAMPS three-hour showdown, is a very interesting one, although our one-hour champions from standout are going to have a very difficult time trying to bring it back to back for them, with Alfie Costanzo and the Maserati, and of course, his very young companion, Dean Canto. Well, course. The, uh, the
3: slightly tricky thing, uh, Craig, is that, 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 that even though they, they were teamed up at uh, teamed up at Sandown, they're actually split up when it comes to uh, when it comes to Bathurst. In fact, Dean will step back uh, back aboard his uh, Subaru and present WRX that he has campaigned throughout the year. And believe it or not, uh, even though Dean's only 18 years of age, he's actually going to be teamed up with a younger driver still in uh, young Paul Dumbrell, so uh, only 16 years of age. So certainly a very very young driver pairing. And uh, it's also going to be interesting with, with the Maserati team because they've, uh, they've recruited in uh, young Matt Coleman who uh, did a great job in the NASCAR at Bathurst uh, recently uh, and a very prominent uh, NASCAR, Oscar and, uh, and Legends racer uh, down, down at the front at home. It'll be Matt's first, uh, first attempt at, at GTP and what is going to be uh, uh, well, just a great way to finish the year, a three-hour race, 55 cars on the grid. It's just going to be enormous.
1: I guess that's one of the uh, spectacular things about this race it's three hours. It takes us back to uh, an earlier time at Bathurst, where production cars were on the track, and we had quite a few different classes.
3: Yeah, pretty much whatever you uh, whatever you drive on the road, there's a fair chance that you're actually going to see it uh, see it out on the track, uh, unless you happen to be uh, be driving a go mobile or something like that. But uh, pretty much everything else in Australian motorsport is covered out there on the circuit, as you said. Now six classes with the new. Uh, GTP sports category being uh, being added with uh, added the end of season races and that's going to be uh, ongoing next year so we're, uh, that's including things like the BMW 323 Toyota MR2 and we're hoping to see things like the uh, MGF uh, uh, Mazda MX-5 and so forth uh, competing uh, further next year but it is just going to be uh, a fantastic event, traffic is going to be one of the real keys because we had uh, a great race last year with about 33 cars this year we've got a full full field of 55, so it's going to be uh, pretty much uh, like driving down the Hume Highway during peak hour, it is going to be rather frantic.
1: How have uh, a lot of the field been uh, sorted out with, uh, well, most of your contenders in the showroom showdown from the uh, series proper, how are supercar drivers? And I would imagine that, that some teams would be very uh, reluctant to release their drivers on the day before their big event.
3: Well, it's been quite interesting, Craig. In fact, uh, probably uh, it's been a swings and roundabouts kind of deal because although we've lost uh, lost John Bow, because uh, he's been uh, a little bit, uh, I suppose, having to focus a little bit on, uh, on his Shell V8 commitments with uh, I suppose, you know, the team being sort of behind the eight ball a little bit with them having uh, lost the car up at the Indy, we've gained quite a few. In fact, uh, Thomas Mazira has just signed on to uh, the partner Terry Bosnjack in the uh, uh, Mazda RX-7. But, there, you know, there is a host of other stars that uh, that come along and compete. Neil Crompton, of course, will, will be driving the Ferrari. Recent Bathurst winner Jimmy Richards will climb in alongside Peter Fitzgerald in the Porsche. And Neil Bates, of course, who is uh, busy this weekend over at uh, Rally Australia in the uh, Toyota Corolla, will swap back for uh, Gary Walden's Dodge Viper. So uh, there's no shortage of stars. But the, the stars are not necessarily just pure motor racing stars either. I've also got uh, Ironman Grant Kenny and Guy Andrews, and Ian Hayden. Uh, AFL putty, I suppose AFL putty loudmouth and uh, the man who uh, has had to put up with the the, uh, uh, undignified uh, nature of the He's hated Adelaide Crows winning the last two uh, premierships in uh, Sam Newman. There's no shortage of the girls actually competing as well. Megan Kirkham uh, will be stepping in alongside her husband Phil. Sue Hughes made her debut at uh, uh, at Indy recently, and it's still waiting to be confirmed. But uh, you know, Paula Elstrik did a great job with uh, Perry Spuritus at, uh, at Sandown. Perry's still yet to finalise. Uh, Things for uh, for his co-driver Paul Bapast. He's uh, still trying to do some deals and uh, and get some money together. But hopefully we can see Paula out on track uh, there as well. So uh, there's no shortage of the Ferris X uh, sort of giving the boys a bit of a hard time over the
1: course of the weekend. No, it should be a great meeting and uh, interesting to see for the Tree Dodgers out there who have enjoyed seeing their rally stars get onto the blacktop. Uh, an interesting number in Class C, and I think he's been a regular runner is Steve Windwood, of course a very uh, well-known competitor because he takes the Falcon out in the forest and beats it senseless, and he's jumping on board with a, a very, very good young driver who is part of the uh, Generation XR6 program in Tin Lay.
3: Yeah, it's going to be an interesting combination. Class C, in fact, is looking, to, he's looking at, uh, to be very, very competitive, and uh... Yeah, this will be one of uh, Steve's first uh, forays first 4A's uh, onto the black stuff of course uh, Sam Newman did a lot of his driver training in, uh, in Steve's rally car uh, where he competed in a number of uh, road racing events at uh, at Winton so it, uh, it's it's going to be very tight the uh, Toyota uh, uh, Toyota Camry of Dave Ratcliffe has been the uh, the pace setter in in that class but you've also got uh, you know two brand new AU Falcons uh, with the uh, Newman and Andrews driving one, and uh, a journos car with uh, with Toby Hagen, Josh Dowling, and uh, the other guy whose name
1: Wayne Le- Webster.
3: Uh, uh, yeah, Webby's also sort of climbing aboard. So, and the journos won that class last year. So, uh, different set of guys this year, but uh, you know they'll know they have a pretty uh, pretty tough job ahead of them.
1: Paul, it is going to be a very exciting uh, Bathurst three-hour showroom showdown. because OAMs once again right at the forefront of that event, along with a whole host of other great sponsors.
0: Yeah, they're, uh, we're
3: hoping to have uh, a bit of major news on that uh, on that tomorrow as well. It, it really all is happening on uh, on a new sponsor for for Bathurst, and, and sponsors really are the key to uh, you know to any category of motorsport. And you know, without the help of people like Mo Amps and Century Batteries, Eagle Boys, and so forth, uh, and and Hippies, you know, they're all the companies that are involved in uh, sponsoring the GTP Championship, it really is the key, and uh, you know, it's been one of the cornerstones as to why the category has grown from. Uh, uh, having nine cars four years ago to a full field of 55 at Bathurst next weekend.
1: I look forward to catching up with you next weekend, Paul, as we uh, really do look forward to a huge weekend up on the mountain. No problem. But this is on next weekend. We'll have all the details from the second of the great races. I hope you'll join us then.
0: Inside Motorsport is produced by Thunder Media in the studios of Triple SFN Canberra via Comrade SAT with the support of the Community Broadcasting Association of Australia.